Hello everyone, welcome to my podcast. So what you're about to listen to is the audio from a podcast I recorded yesterday with my friend Hayley Bell. She's also a personal trainer and online coach and it was a really interesting chat. She had me on her podcast to talk about all things pelvic floor, pregnancy, postpartum. We also talked a bit about weight gain during pregnancy and the pressure on women to bounce back postpartum. So I really hope you enjoy our chat. Hi, welcome back to the Lift and Glow Fitness Podcast. Now, this is going to be a very exciting episode. I am really happy to have an amazing guest on. We've got Shona, who is a pre and postnatal specialist. And we've got some um, lovely questions lined up that I think are going to be really, really helpful for everybody. Um, but especially if you are someone who is thinking about getting pregnant, is pregnant, has had a baby in the past, no matter how long ago. Um, so welcome, Shona. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you, Hayley. I am absolutely thrilled to be on your podcast. Oh, it's it's exciting. I think that this is going to be good. Um, so before we get stuck in with all of the meaty questions, just let everyone know a little bit about you, like who you help, how you help them. Okay, so um, my name's Shona. I am an online coach and I predominantly work with people who are pre or postnatal and I work with them at all stages of that journey. So whether they are trying to conceive or going through IVF or even just wanting to get themselves in a really good position for uh, getting pregnant. I work with people who are pregnant and I have a group program for pregnancy and then I work with people who are postpartum. I've got a mum's online program as well um, and I also work with people who have pelvic floor dysfunction and their goal is to get back to whatever type of exercise it is that they love whether that is running or heavy lifting or hit classes high impact classes so generally people on that spectrum but I also love talking about pelvic floor it's one of my favorite topics and probably we met each other Haley, for the first time at uh, Level Up conference where I was given a talk all about pelvic floor um, and yeah so I'm really excited to be on this podcast and talk all about my favorite topics. <laughs> how did just out of interest how did this become your favorite thing was it through like experience of your own or like what was it that made this be like your passion? That's a really good question so I have always been someone who's had pelvic floor dysfunction um, way before having my baby I like I'm a, I'm a crossfitter and I was someone who like really when I was lifting really heavy I would sometimes pee and, and I also competed in Olympic weightlifting and that was actually the main thing that made me stop because uh, it was like the heavy heavy lifting that was causing it um, and it would happen also during double unders and CrossFit. And it was it was also always something that I just kind of thought, oh, well, that's just something that happens to me. And I would see it in like some other people as well. And we would kind of laugh it off. And especially in that really male environment of Olympic weightlifting, like the, the coach just didn't know how to deal with it. And it was just became a bit of a running joke that Shona would pee on the platform. Um, and all these years later now there's uh, I realized that it wasn't just something that I should have lived with and I only really was able to address my pelvic floor problems when I became pregnant and I wanted to 
have like a long life of not being when I was doing things and um I also I just think that in the last few years there is more awareness of it like when I've I, I first first experienced it like in my early 20s I went to a pelvic floor physio and she just didn't know um how to how to work with someone like me she was like wait well you just need to give up that type of training like and now we know that that is that's so damaging because we know the benefits of weight training, strength training and building muscle to women massively outweigh like this one particular symptom that, that you might experience. And we also know now how we can address it and fix it and stop it happening. Uh, but just wasn't something that was talked about. And I feel even now, not enough trainers and coaches are talking about pelvic floor. Um, and the more that we talk about it, the less it's a stigma and the less it's a, it's a shameful and embarrassing, but embarrassing topic. Yeah, definitely. I, I really love that. Um, and I think that brings us nicely on to the next question. It's obviously having a, you, you said that you had pelvic floor dysfunction before you even had a baby. And I think a lot of people only start to focus on pelvic floor when they are pregnant. You know, like you said yourself, you only realize that, you know, it was important to focus on it then. Um, so why is it important for all of us so I know it's important for men it's important for women whether we want to have kids or not why is it important I think because first and foremost being educated about your body is feminist like we're all feminists here like your your whole thing is empowering women like when we're, we're coaches we love to empower women and the first way that we do that is empowering them with knowledge about their own bodies and I saw this post this morning and it was from a pelvic floor physio and all she was doing was she had like a pelvis and she was like point, pointing at the different holes that women have, right? So first of all, we've got three holes and then the post was about what each hole does. And I was like, not enough people know this. Like, I can't believe that we're having to make a post about what your three holes do. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... I've kind of forgotten what your question was. Oh yeah, why, why uh, when do we, yeah, we start. Why is it important for us to have yeah. like, you know, a strong pelvic floor and to be aware of it and to work on it, you know, without even pregnancy being a consideration? So yeah, most people, the first time that they'll think about their pelvic floor is maybe not even during pregnancy. It's like when they have their baby and yeah. then towards the they're like okay well this has never happened before I never I never leaked when I coughed or laughed really hard or like ran after my toddler that this never happened before what the hell is going on and so if we like are are taught even from a very young age even from like um like school about our bodies and about what our pelvic floor does it, it also will stop there being um, barriers to sport and exercise. So there's certain uh, sports that young women take part in and the amount of like leaking that happens or pelvic floor dysfunction that happens is so high. Those sports are things like gymnastics or trampoline or uh, sprinting or weightlifting. Like these things, these things happen to young women, but the, we're not talking about it. And it's even the same as like periods, even now, um, at, like we're we're seeing more and more female uh, athletes talk about how their period and their menstrual cycle affects their performance and their sport and their training. And why are we not talking about this? So yeah, I think that it it just it's just so important that we have these conversations. And it also I think if we're if you're listening to this and you're a mum and you're a mum of a daughter, 
um maybe having these these chats with her when she grows up as well because like I'm betting that maybe your mom or your gran maybe had pelvic floor dysfunction maybe used tena lady but would never never ever talk about it to you and I, I think it's like it's it's really important to have these conversations and stop that generational like oh well this is just what happens to women you know yeah, definitely. At the end of the day, everybody's got a pelvic floor, haven't they? It's part of the body. We wouldn't neglect any other part of the body, but really, and it's part of the body that most of us aren't even aware of or don't even know how to um, activate or relax. And I've worked with clients who just like, oh yeah, I'm just one of those people who wheeze when I laugh or wheeze when I sneeze. And it's like, well, no, you, you, it, that's a pelvic floor thing or like, you know, people, even women having painful sex, things like that. It's just because it always, I feel like it only ever really comes up and becomes part of the conversation when people have had babies or are currently pregnant and know it's important, but it's important before that. And I'm try, I always try and say to clients, it's it's something that we still need to think about. It's a part of your body, um, whether you want kids or not. And even to my boyfriend, I'm like, make sure you do pelvic floor. Are you aware of your pelvic floor? Because obviously when you get older as well, um, you know, like uh, men and women struggle with incontinence and stuff, don't they? So it just it just helps with overall life. Um, so yeah, yeah it's like, one of my main goals is like to be able to do the activity that I love well into old age, like well into my sixties, seventies, eighties. I want I want I want to still be running about. I still want to be lifting weights. I still want to be like jumping on trampolines with with grandchildren or great grandchildren and I don't want my pelvic floor to be what stops me doing that yeah no and I love that because one of the things I talk about a lot is longevity with like your body and your health and we want to be running around with our grandkids and great grandkids like at 108 you know we want to be that generation that really do live well when we're older so yeah I love it it's it all just plays a big part in in that goal at the end of the day performing well and feeling good when we are older not having things like that hold us back um so we uh, if anybody follows you on instagram they will know that you're really good at um you talk about myths and misconceptions and you like to break down those myths and misconceptions about training throughout pregnancy and then also um post-pregnancy as well which we'll go on to later so what I've was really interested in hearing from you is what are the three most annoying like the ones that piss you off the most myths and misconceptions about exercise during pregnancy so I feel like a lot of the time when women get pregnant instantly they are wrapped in cotton wool and they start googling things and they're really uh, you know I work with a lot of clients who are pregnant and and want to stay strong throughout pregnancy which I absolutely love but I know that there's a lot of worry and concern, especially if they start Googling things. So what are the main things that you find most annoying, most irritating about the advice that is given uh, with regards to exercise and pregnancy? Okay, so I've got these written down and <laughs> I'm, I'm probably going to go back to this and be like, oh no, I wish I'd said this as well. Um, but first of all, uh, the exercise is not only safe during pregnancy, it is recommended and in my personal opinion, it's a non-negotiable and, and and I know we're we're working with people who um that's awesome that you've got clients that are pregnant and they're still really keen to exercise and stay strong and feel strong and that's wonderful but three out of four women who are pregnant in the US and UK are not doing the recommended amount of exercise 
And that is for so many reasons. First of all, that a lot of medical professionals aren't educated on the up-to-date recommendations when it comes to exercise in pregnancy. The NHS recommends that we exercise during pregnancy um, for 150 minutes per week and two of those sessions or two of the, the exercise sessions need to be strength training exercises. So, I mean, the NHS is recommending this. These are guidelines. Um, but also 64% of women when they're pregnant feel anxious about exercising when they're pregnant. And that is because there's so much misinformation around out there um, on social media. And people are kind of like so overwhelmed by the information and 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 everything that they're being told that they don't actually know what to do and what is the safest thing when you don't know what to do do nothing (laughs) so it's really great when you have coaches like yourself who are encouraging people to keep going and um making sure that they stay a part of that community as well because community when you're pregnant is so important being in be around your 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 besties and that safe space the place that makes you happy and brings the good mental health so yeah, um, first of all, that it is first, it's really safe to exercise when you're pregnant. Um, and you touched on it as well. The second one is that you are not fragile. And that's not, um, that is because of the, the way that we speak about pregnant bodies as being less than, as being weak, as being like prone to injury and damage. When in fact, you are incredibly resilient when you're pregnant. Your body is so strong and capable of, of the demands of pregnancy, of not just the demands of pregnancy, of the physical activity that you you want to take part in. Your body is designed to do this. And um, particularly when we talk about things like pelvic girdle pain or even just the, the, the human pelvis, is that we talk about it being like unstable during pregnancy or weak or, or it's like moving apart. And I mean, that... It's just misinformation. Your your pelvis is super robust and is designed to support a growing baby. So you're not fragile, but at the same time, you're not totally indestructible. So there, there is a fine line to be tread here and that some people are like, oh, I'm just going to do what I've always done. No, that's also uh, slightly misguided. We need to make adaptions for pregnancy and we need to not just, not just make adaptions so it, like something that annoys me and I see in CrossFit gyms all the time. Because yeah, it's fair enough, people want to keep training CrossFit throughout their pregnancy, but their coach knows nothing about pre and postnatal training. So um there's burpees in the in the class and like, oh well, just do a kettlebell swing, or there's tote bars in the class, or just do a kettlebell swing. Training doesn't need to be really boring when you're pregnant as well. It can be exciting, it can be high intensity. It can also be um, specific to your pregnant body. And there's there's really good ways to to train and adapt and build strength that aren't just a kettlebell swing. Um, and finally, my last one is, um, and this is a really important one. I think there's a lot of talk about this just now. Uh, exercise during pregnancy is wonderful and it can guarantee a lot of things, but it doesn't guarantee a specific birth outcome. And there is, I mean, even I was told this, uh, that, oh, because you exercise, like, and you do yoga, like, you'll just yoga that baby out. You'll just breathe that baby out. It'll be dead easy. Um, and and that, well, I mean, I, I was really lucky and I did have a really positive birth experience, but I do kind of put that down to luck. 
because I, I work with people in my pregnancy community and they have done all the prep. They've exercised all the way through pregnancy. They've done all the hypnobirthing and the breathing and the pregnancy yoga and still they don't quite have the birth experience that they want. So I think um, as coaches, we, 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 could, we should be talking about that as well, talking about like pointing your clients in the in the best possible direction to prepare for birth but also to prepare their mindset for birth as well but the good news is that exercise during pregnancy will help you recover quicker from whatever birth outcome that you have so that's that's a really good reason to exercise yeah I love that I think that obviously when I think of obviously haven't been through labor but when I think of hear stories of people giving birth it's an endurance like test, isn't it? It's it quite often it's long. Um, and even if births don't go as expected, which is the same for some of my clients, the fact that they were fit and, you know, able to, um, you know, they, they were just able to kind of get through it maybe a little bit easier than somebody who hadn't done anything. Um, and then, like you say, the recovery. I, I do find that most of the cl- me clients who have trained during pregnancy feel, you know, fairly strong um, not long after and stuff. So, yeah, that's all amazing. I think, like, people are worried when you start, when you start um, researching online or when you start asking medical professionals. So, you know, pe- people even speaking to midwives sometimes. So I've got midwives who come to my gym. They're all, you know, very supportive of, they see the pregnant women in the gym, but then there's some who are like, oh, be careful, you know, and start, start to put people off. And I do have women who have gone, oh, I'm going to cancel because I'm pregnant or I'm going to stop because I'm pregnant. I'm like, but it really will help. Like we really can keep you safe and I'm not going to force anybody into anything. Um, But it, uh, it, surely it must be good to stay strong through all those postural changes you're not going to be you know you're not weak your body's not weak it's durable like you've said but surely staying strong can help with those changes that are going on in your body the extra weight that is going to be added to your body and then obviously the the fitness and the recovery as well so yeah I love all of that I bet you've got loads more haven't you (laughs) oh I've got loads I've got loads if you go to my Instagram like uh, that's a really easy way to to bring like to make content is just <laughs> something that I've been asked or something that I've heard. And then I'm just like, let's actually look at the evidence. My thing is I love looking at evidence and, and actually what is the research. And then with pregnancy, because um you can't actually study pregnant, like I put uh, perform studies on pregnant people because of like, you know, the ethical moral uh, debate that bring that brings up there's so many question marks so we have to use a combination of like what is the evidence saying uh our own knowledge and experience as coaches working with pregnant people and then also just common sense yeah and um and and it, it, it there is no hard and fast this is safe this isn't safe do this don't do that it's a conversation and ultimately it is a sort of case-by-case basis with your client as well like what's their fitness level what's their interest you have to weigh up the risk versus reward. So there's so much to think about. And that's why I love it because, um, yeah, I, I love that there's not an answer and that we're always learning as well. Well, it's still growing and developing and but like women, women now, athletes now are doing more during pregnancy than what they've ever done before. So we're seeing it, aren't we, firsthand? And we're, we're learning as we go, really. 
just, I wasn't going to ask this, but just come to my mind. Is there anything that you would say to blanket not do during pregnancy? <laughs> um, so my, my, my sort of, I always err on the side of caution with regards to things like hanging from a bar. It's just something that I just don't really feel comfortable doing because it's not something I want to um, test on my clients. So okay. is there anything like that for you? Is saying you hear people talking about hip thrusts. I actually have clients doing hip thrusts. Um, what do you think? I think that's a really, I'm really glad you asked that. And I think you actually asked that after my most recent talk at Level Up. Um, so there, and, and what's really great is when you ask that question, there's a, a CrossFit athlete called Tia Toomey and she was pregnant at the time. She has now had her baby. So uh, she is the fittest woman in the world, in the CrossFit Games. She uh, trained all through her pregnancy and trained like an absolute motherfucker. And she also <laughs> trained in ways that we've not really seen CrossFit athletes train in before. She basically did everything that she would normally do. And there was a couple of videos that she put up where uh, she was doming. Um, and that was because like there was a CrossFit uh, open workout that had as many burpee pull-ups as you could, right? So you've mentioned that you wouldn't hang from a bar during pregnancy. And the reason that we that we typically have recommended against that is because like the pressure that puts through the midline causes uh, causes a feedback called doming. There's the linea alba, which is a connective tissue running between the two uh, sides of the six-pack six muscle. That is already stretched during pregnancy. And then if you put more pressure through it when you're, doing like a core exercise or a pull-up, then you're stretching it even further. There is no evidence to say that that is what causes diastasis or lasting diastasis postpartum. There's no evidence to say that. And now that Tia Tumi has had her baby, like she's not spoken about diastasis, she's put videos of herself up and her abs. Well, I mean, she I'm looks, not... I'm she that she looks just kind of normal. Yeah. Um, like she's got a diastasis. So I, but, but as a pre and postnatal coach, I would be exactly the same as you. And if I got pregnant again, I probably wouldn't hang from a bar either. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, that's where, where we're talking about. If we look at the evidence, then look at the, the common sense, because the common sense is if we take a tissue that's already stretched, right? and then stretch it even further by pushing through it, what's going to happen? Is it going to stretch more? But I think like we we do sort of worry about our core way more than we worry about our pelvic floor during pregnancy. So um, like, cause we can see there's a there's a visual feedback with doming. Like we're like, ooh, don't do that. But we, don't, we can't actually see what's going on with the pelvic floor. And um, things like running, things like heavy lifting, I mean, um, with improper technique, we don't know what that's doing to the pelvic floor and, and, and is that it, causing lasting damage? So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't, there's not necessarily anything that I would say don't do because I follow people who are um, climbing instructors, like people who are really mad into climbing and like hanging off rocks when they're six months pregnant. Would I do that? No, <laughs> I would not do that. Oh, there's people that are like surfers or um, I saw, I even saw a, this woman do a photo shoot with an elephant. Like she was like really heavily pregnant. 
And she was like, with an elephant. And I was like, I don't know how much I would want to be around like a really, like a, a, an animal that I don't know that is like really big and heavy and unpredictable. So I mean, I mean like there's, there's so many things, but I mean, I, I also don't like telling women what not to do with their bodies. I just think I like to present the evidence and also the common sense and the yeah. rest of the world. I think, I think what, what we're kind of saying then is that it's totally up to you. If you, at the end of the day, we're in, it's, we're in control of our own bodies. If we decide to do something that isn't studied that well, or, you know, then if you want to try it, try it. And we can, and we can see but if it's something that you don't you said, comfortable doing. Like you don't want to test things out on your clients. No. So I wouldn't say, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say to do it. I wouldn't recommend clients do it, but if people want to with their own with their own bodies I think and and I do leave it up to people even with hip thrust I know that makes people feel uncomfortable so some clients more than happy and um, other clients are like oh just don't feel comfortable okay let's let's adjust it so it's listening to the person isn't it and listening to your own body as well not being forced or pushed into into doing anything that you don't feel um happy doing and I'm going to enjoy like, yourself yeah. And an amazing coach like you is going to have a whole arsenal of other movements that you can do instead of a pull-up. Yeah. That's going to still be a fun thing to do and still going to build the same muscle and strength, but it's not going to put that same pressure through the midline. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so the next question that I've got is with regards to um, body image during pregnancy. So most of my pregnant clients, we have a similar, we get to certain points during the pregnancy where we have, we come, we have a similar conversation and sometimes it's quite difficult to navigate. I feel, um, so I've worked with a lot of women who have been very comfortable with the pregnancy weight gain, but a lot who have been found it very challenging to deal with. So as women, obviously we've been, um, conditioned to always be smaller and, you know, it's just the world that we've lived in. I know that it's changing and it's amazing that it's changing. But a lot of the time when people have tried to lose weight or have been trying to lose weight the whole life and then now they're becoming okay with weight gain, it becomes challenging for them. So what would your advice be to someone who is struggling with that weight gain and with the body image during pregnancy? So I have two podcasts that you can listen to about this. I've got one about body image in pregnancy. And I've also got one about weight gain during pregnancy. And that one was prompted by, I've got a client on Shona Strong Bumps who moved to me because she had an online coach and her online coach was concerned about how much weight she was gaining during pregnancy. Uh Um, She's like, babe, you're 20 weeks and you've already gained like pretty much all the weight that you should gain during pregnancy. No. (laughs) And uh, failing to like use her brain and acknowledge the fact that this this client was like five foot ten so so of course she's gonna gain more weight she's a taller woman she's got more place to gain weight so yeah um I I think first of all like your feelings are totally valid uh I really struggled with my body image during pregnancy particularly the first trimester because I just felt so unwell and all I could eat was beige all I could eat was Marks and Spencer's party food and in fact because I was like the first trimester was at Christmas I still get like a wave of nausea when I think about Christmas dinner (laughs) because I'm like 
Oh, I just remember that time so well. So yeah, I gained, and I also gained a lot of weight during pregnancy. Um, the NHS website doesn't have a recommended amount of weight to gain during pregnancy. It says that most women gain about sort of t- 10 to 12 and a half kilos during their pregnancy, but it can vary greatly. And it, I mean, like some people gain a lot more, some people gain not as much. And then also if like, depending on what your body weight was before pregnancy, that might impact it as well. And, and the, the girl in question that we're talking about, she was super lean. So of course she's going to gain more weight. Uh, maybe if you're overweight, you might not gain as much. Mm-hmm. So um, it does vary greatly. And, and if it's any comfort to anyone listening, I gained probably about 20 kilos during my pregnancy. But I, and also, I just didn't weigh myself until one of the midwives, like she just weighed me one day. And I, and she she looked at it, wrote it down and said absolutely nothing. And I was like, holy, I'm <laughs> <laughs> right now. Um, and yeah, it really did. Like, I think, first of all, we're fed this image of, uh, of a ideal pregnant body and that is like oh you're you're just all bum for it like you don't look pregnant from behind and you've hardly gained any weight in your arms and legs and I mean like and if and if you aren't someone who looks and feels like that then you're like I'm doing pregnancy wrong what the hell why why do, why do, have I gained weight in these other places and I think like when I look back, back at pictures of myself my face was so round I was just so round <laughs> But then also I look back and think, oh, Shona, you were so lovely and cute and pregnant. And I think as well, like remembering that most people look at pregnant people and think you just are look gorgeous and glowing and yeah, like a beacon of femininity. Um, so yeah, I, I think that first of all, acknowledging that your feelings are valid and um, journaling really helped me and helped me be grateful for all the other things that I was doing with my body because I, I think I was like really criticizing my body and and feeling like negative thoughts about it when I was like trying to look at all the other things it was doing like uh, like obviously growing my baby um, and doing things like that every day I'm not even asking it to do it it's doing that for me uh, it's allowing me to stay active and keep exercising it's you know keep my baby safe so uh that that can really help um and then also just remembering that pregnancy is just this really short season in your life like it's a really really short spell and that like it's not gonna last forever but you also don't have to love your body I think there is this like people think oh unless you're you're feeling like Beyonce like you've you've got the flowers around you and the veil and you're like oh I just I'm so gorgeous and I'm pregnant like you're like you're so ungrateful you don't have to love it like you can you can be like oh, I don't like this right now but just remember and it won't last forever yeah I love all of that I think you know, women have totally different experiences of pregnancy don't these some some women absolutely love it they love their body. They love the whole experience. They love how it feels. And others are just like, I hated every minute of it. And you're allowed to have your own opinion of your experiences. It, it, it And I think, you know, putting pressure on yourself to try and stay, only put on a certain amount of weight or, you know, I uh, often at the start of a pregnancy, a client's like, no, I still want to weigh myself because I want it. And I'm like, oh, can we just, why does it matter? You know, you, it's all about it's all about survival. It's all about as long as you keep giving yourself good food in a way that you know you're trying to nourish yourself and your baby. You're going to eat more. You go when if you feel sick, you're going to be eating. But you know, beige food might be the only thing that you want to eat. Just be just try and be okay. And I think sometimes with weighing yourself, it just let 
just like I didn't weigh myself for years when I got obsessed with the scales. So, and I feel like, you know, if I got pregnant, I wouldn't be going near the scales because I just think it ruins your day. You might wake up in a lovely mood and, you know, feeling grateful for your body, grateful for, for you know, being pregnant. And then you step on the scales and you're like, oh, but, you know, weight gain's going to happen. And like you said, um, every everybody does just see you as this like lovely glowing, you know, image of femininity. And, but it, I do understand how it could be hard, you know, people wanting to stay, not have to buy maternity leggings. I'm like, but why? <laughs> you know, that's a really that's a really interesting one about body image because we know that body image when you're not pregnant is impacted by wearing clothes that are too tight for you. And we always tell people just wear clothes that fit, just size up. And I think like a lot of pregnant women hold off buying the maternity wear until they've got like this big visible bump. But I think like I had this picture that I remember sending ESG. And I was like maybe about 10 weeks and I, I couldn't button up my jeans and I was just using like a bobble, like a hair bobble to yeah. keep them close. Bobble trick. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, looking back, I should have been leaning into that maternity wear from the start. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think a lot of people focus too much on their weight gain and not gaining too much weight and not enough on like nourishing your body because pregnancy is a is a time where you're, probably likely to be deficient in certain nutrients um, and I'm, so many people especially by the end of pregnancy are iron deficient mm-hmm. so instead of like thinking about restricting calories we should be looking at food variety and making sure we're getting as much vi- as many vitamins and minerals in our diet and the truth of the matter is that having like a like not gaining enough weight during pregnancy is actually more dangerous for your baby than gaining too much so the risks for gaining too much weight are things like gestational diabetes and preeclampsia, like the risk of that goes up. However, if you're exercising, then you're mitigating those risks somewhat. So you don't need to even really need to stress about that if you are someone who regularly exercises. However, the risk to, or if you're not gaining enough weight is, is more so on your baby, like it's more dangerous for your baby. The, the risk for your baby is you're just going to have a big baby if you gain too much weight. And then obviously that's going to be more challenging to deliver. But I mean, like big babies are gorgeous and cute. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all babies, of course, are gorgeous and cute. Oh, a little bit. Yeah. yeah, but, um, but, but uh, I think that if we worry too much about like not gaining weight, then the risks of that are are more so. And that's why I was really angry with with that online coach who was telling my client to like, oh, watch, please don't gain any more weight. Because like, that is so dangerous for her unborn baby. Yeah, it's awful. It's mm-hmm. just not, it's just not something that you would say. <laughs> you can't even imagine <laughs> saying that. Um, yeah, I, I think that is awful. I think also it's not it, it's probably not helpful that people are taking on clients and supporting them if they not if they don't really know how to deal with them. You know, like I don't I'm not massive on people coaching clients when they haven't got the education to to do that, especially with pregnancy because of the all of the changes mentally, physically and I, you know, it it's I just think it can be dangerous. It can cause a lot of issues like with relationship with the body, you know, with relationship with food. So I think education, education is big. I feel like all coaches should follow, follow you for, for, for tips and, uh, and, and stuff about that. Um, so moving on to post-pregnancy, 
So I would be really interested to know about the biggest myths about returning to exercise after pregnancy. Now, we often hear that you shouldn't be doing anything, um, you know, until you past six weeks. Um, and obviously I know that you believe that some movement is good beforehand. I agree. I think that, you know, we, we, I think movement is always really positive for us as long as we're not doing too much or doing um, things that aren't helpful. Um, so what would what advice would you give to someone who's just had a baby? Obviously, I know it completely depends on the delivery, you know, whether they've had a C-section, whether they've got stitches, all of those things. Um, but what would your general advice be? So I've got a really good podcast to listen to I recorded it with Rosie, uh, the pelvic floor physio, um, and it's all about uh, recovery from C-section and returning to exercise post-C-section. So go and listen to that. I think it's quite a recent one, so just scroll down. I think what I'll do, Shona, is the podcast that you've mentioned, I'll get the links and I'll put them in the show notes for everyone. They can go see, they can go find them. Um, Okay, so generally, uh, the biggest myth is that, yeah, you need to wait six weeks um so not only are you you're to not do nothing for six weeks and then you're cleared to just walk back into the gym so uh first of all I, I think the six week check that what everyone's waiting for with your GP um is not what you think it is um it, I, I remember having mine and she didn't even do any examination of me she actually actually talked more about my baby than than me and it wasn't in any way like a right, okay, on you go, you're all good to go and go and exercise, all that. Um, I would definitely recommend that people go to a pelvic floor physio uh postpartum just to get everything looked at. You can get your your core diastasis, your pelvic floor, all that checked and, and get some recommendations there. But before then, like movement is great and starting to strengthen your body, especially if you are wanting to return to running, like doing single leg strength exercises, lunges, split squats, uh, hamstring exercises, all that stuff to start strengthening your body for for that single leg work is really important. Um, And then also when you decide to return to the gym, um, it it does take a long time for your body to recover from birth, a long time to recover from C-section. So um, having your program adapted and having someone who is going to care about your body postnatally is really important. I think like even myself, and I'm a a coach, I know about these things, with my own journey, I was like... um, when can I start doing CrossFit again? <laughs> and uh, Rosie was like, you're not going to be doing CrossFit as you know it right or previously for quite a long time. And that was so true. Like it did take me adapting for a long time. And and to be honest, um, things didn't feel like, I didn't feel like totally recovered until about 18 months postpartum. And then I was like, right, okay, finally I'm feeling like myself again. But actually I found the, postpartum recovery quite exciting quite like enjoyable because you're getting a chance to uh like rebuild things from scratch and 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 look at maybe like weaknesses here and there and uh also I love training glutes and my bum totally disappeared which was so sad and I was like right okay I'm gonna really focus on this and and seeing that all build back and with this with my hands literally like this <laughs> oh, oh yeah unfortunately but no that's all been really really exciting um uh, I think like your last question was like about bouncing back was it 
Yes. So the last question was obviously there's pressure for women to bounce back after pregnancy. And I I often get, I can't wait to get my body back. I'm thinking, uh, um, so what would your, obviously, I think you must hear this a lot as well. What would your advice be to somebody who is saying that, you know, thinking in that way? Obviously, you've just said it's going to take much longer than what we think to get strong and fit again. So I think that's more like specifically CrossFit because CrossFit is like a lot and and what I was doing as well, what the sort of standards that I like how I wanted to train. Yeah. Like that I mean, but for for like normal strength training, it probably wouldn't be 18 months. But actually, like I get at my clients, I've got this one girl in particular, she is hilarious, and she sends me pictures of herself like from like a couple of years ago, and she's like, I just want to look like this again. Like, tell me I'm going to look like this again. And I thought that's that's totally fair enough. Like having been through it, I was like, I'm really excited, especially then I'm excited to not be pregnant anymore. I'm excited to like feel like myself again. And there there is this narrative, which I mean, there is definitely, there's one side of things which is like bounce back and like, um, people posting pictures of themselves like a couple of weeks postpartum and their belly's totally flat and and like I'm like what how how <laughs> it's, it's the um, it's the time in and out you see those don't you so oh, I actually um, wrote that down the nine months in versus nine months out yeah I think that's a big pressure for for people even before having kids like those posts really triggered me I was like oh my god like I, I, like I felt a pressure even though I wasn't pregnant yet to like to be that person nine months postpartum like that's uh, uh, I, I actually hate those posts so much um unless it's like like a I don't know just like a picture of your giant baby nine months later like that's <laughs> like uh but yeah I think there's on one end of the spectrum there's like this bounce back thing and actually I remember for me the most triggering post was seeing like this bodybuilder wearing a thong she was like in a thong two weeks postpartum I was like like I like my undercarriage was not ready for a thong after I remember the first time I did wear a thong I was like yes <laughs> um, but anyway, so that's one end of the spectrum and then the other end of the spectrum is that your life is over you'll never look the same your body is ruined you uh, life goes downhill after kids like you'll never have fun again right and I think that's something that I've been talking about with my mum clients because like um a lot of people like there are a lot of people are like oh your your life is over now that you have kids or like you'll never be able to go on the same holidays or go on the same nights out which I totally disagree with and I actually try and shun that narrative with my own life and so we're now more and more seeing women uh, excel in sports after having kids like uh Venus yeah, Will- is, yeah tennis I was gonna say tennis player and mum was talking to me about yeah I mean like there's tons like there's like you know the big names like Jessica Ennis Hill like people who yeah. have excelled in their sports and done better than they've ever done post-pregnancy and mm-hmm. that's not just reserved for athletes that can be like people like you and me as well um and and I, I think like if we focus on uh like rebuilding our body being strong during pregnancy looking after our pelvic floor and core like all of those things are accessible to us um but yeah I do do think like there is this fine line and I I remember hearing like someone say postpartum is forever 
postpartum and yeah I get what they're saying there I get what they're saying that like don't put pressure on yourself to be that person that you once were before having babies like the impacts of all of that is huge but equally it's like that's you ruined now like that's how I, that's how yeah, I ruined. it's, it's, it's like, like that cotton wool type thing again isn't it like postpartum is forever as though you're you're always going to be like a little bit broken when in fact you could you could be stronger fitter you you change and grow as a person in so many positive ways as well it's not a negative whereas it we see it as a negative a lot in or it's spoke about in a negative way when you know it's it's a it's an amazing thing isn't it and it's like you just said you can you can improve in so many ways uh, post-pregnancy it's not something that's going to stop you and hold you back um, no no and I, I even like um like I follow all these like parenting mum pages and stuff like that and sometimes like I have to unfollow someone because they really do make out that being a mum is like the hardest most awful draining uh miserable thing and that you can possibly do but I really don't agree with that like I, I, I'm able I'm I'm able to find a balance where like I can still tap into like the old Shona but also really love this new mum Shona and I love being a mum I love uh raising this little person and seeing him grow and and it it feels like I've got a little bit more drive and purpose because of him so like I I think that there there's there's that as well that we need to acknowledge that um this this sort of uh your body is ruined your life is over that's that's like damaging to women and it's also really dismissive of things that women do of being mothers of like you know giving birth all these amazing things that our bodies do so I kind of embrace that side of it I love that because I do find a lot of new mums they lose their identity for a short amount of time don't they it becomes they, they can go through this really difficult challenging time and I think this is why community is so big. And I'm sure your community is amazing for stuff like this, where just people who you can relate to and, you know, share the struggles, but then also these amazing little things that that have also come with motherhood as well. So that was you're starting to see it in a more positive way um, mm-hmm. rather than it always being this, oh, it's hard. Oh, it's like you're, you're the, by the sounds of it, you're coaching people and helping people see obviously the all of the good things that come with it, which is amazing because I don't think you'd see enough of that. And no. I don't think I'd realised that before that I didn't really see that until you've just drawn my attention to it. So mm. that 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 it's amazing. Um go on. Yeah, no, it's something that I like I so I've got a mum's group, a mum's coaching group, and uh, generally the people on it are returning to exercise or maybe their kids are like slightly older they've got toddlers and it's finding time to exercise and like implement these healthy habits into their lifestyle um and quite a lot of them are members of gyms like yours or crossfit gyms or these sort of like really family community type gyms and i'm i'm like almost see what i do as like their support backup so I've got a program for them and I help them with these habits, but ultimately the goal is to get them back into, into these spaces and, and enjoy these spaces, but also feel like if they don't get in that week, they've still got me here for them. Um, so yeah, I think that's really important. And I, I see the huge value in uh, like being a part of these communities um, because it's their happy space. And sometimes like not exercising with your baby at home, like, so there you'll see all these videos people like using their baby as a way and 
that just wasn't something that I ever really connected with or enjoyed doing. I liked leaving the baby at home or having the baby asleep in the pram so that I could go away and be my own person for a bit. Definitely. It's you time, isn't it? And that's what that's what we say in the gym. It's time for you. And even if the baby's there, you know, they are asleep in the pram or being looked after by, by someone so that you can do your thing. And I think it really does help with, people find their identity again you know after being kind of cooped up and when they come back in the gym you just see them slowly start to grow and brighten and I'm sure that that's what you're helping people do with your community too um that was literally amazing I feel like people listening I feel like I could talk to you all day about this and I think people listening are definitely gonna want to know more from you I will share the links in the show notes um but just let everyone know where they can find you if they're looking for you on instagram and stuff like that so i'm on instagram and my handle is at shona strong and that's not actually my second name and my <laughs> second name is Denovan, um but i changed it and now people think that that's my second name that's cool you just think that <laughs> it's so cool i was actually thinking i actually don't know shona's surname but i was like shona strong <laughs> really struggle to say my own name like it feels like a tongue twister Shona Denivan it's like just too many different so, yeah anyway so yeah change it to Shona Strong um you've got a podcast what's your podcast called podcast and it's called the Shona Strong podcast and it is generally all about pregnancy postpartum being a mum and um, but also like some I, I just uploaded a one about skincare <laughs> I'm like, I really am into skincare and I just want to talk about it for 20 minutes. So here's a podcast, everyone. So yeah, you'll just get stuff like that. I love that, um, the skincare one, because I remember when you did your talk and Level Up, you talked about that your sister told you not to lie on your face because you get wrinkles. And I was like, I wish I had a sister who told me this because now I can't stop lying on my face. <laughs> and I just see these little eye lines. I'm like, oh, skincare is me saying yes, I'll have to have a listen. Your skin is amazing. And specifically, your forehead is like so smooth. Johnny, I have to admit that I do get Botox in my forehead. Yeah, you know, like I, I've had like my my podcast was like my five game changers uh, for skincare, and the last one was Botox. Just <laughs> 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 get it, but it has made such a huge difference. Yeah, not forcing anyone into it, but <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Um, it was lovely to have you on, and um, I'm sure everyone is really grateful to hear all of those tips, and I'm sure that they'll be on your podcast and onto your Instagram quickly. So thank you very much. And I will um, see you soon. Thank you so much for having me. Bye. Bye.